first official episode of our podcast, and uh, this is a big day. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, Welcome why did I our... <laughs> Thank you for listening. Kelly's well, looking at the feelings wheel. It has a hundred different emotions on it, and we start every episode off by naming our feelings. Because it just opens us up, which we need to be opened up in order to have an authentic conversation. Yeah. I think I'm content right now. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm feeling content. And on most of these episodes, a lot of my emotions are positive, which you'll get to know me. Usually, I would gravitate towards a negative emotion. So we're making progress here. Healing. And I feel Aaron, like what about you? I'm just not doing great today. This is an unfortunate way to start the podcast off. But um, I'm in the red zone. I'm I, I just I'm just really stressed and tired, but I don't see these on here. I would say frustrated would be my most prominent emotion. Yeah. Thanks for being real. Welcome to my inner world, everyone. <laughs> I'm usually like, oh, I'm great. Everything's great. And so I feel like whoever's listening to this, you know me like most people don't. <laughs> I'm proud. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about busyness and filling our lives. Something that I have been thinking about the past couple of days, last week was a whirlwind of busyness, but it was sort of something that we ha- we didn't really have a choice in, which is fine. And sometimes you just got to do the thing, especially when you're in crisis. But I realize how disconnected I was from myself, my mind, my heart, my baby, Yes, I'm pregnant, <laughs> to those of you who don't know yet. <laughs> Pregnancy reveal. Pregnancy reveal 101. And to my book, to everything I'm working on, like everything just felt so far away. And I'm so grateful that I don't live like that day to day because I feel like I would just be so disconnected from everything. So... That's what we're talking about is is busyness. We're going to reflect on why we do it, why we're like why we're busy, what what benefits are from busyness because I think there's sometimes that we should be busy. Yes. Yes. Such good timing cuz I feel like in all the other episodes, spoiler alert, we recorded this episode after we recorded for. Yeah, we cheated, guys. Because we could not <laughs> figure out what our podcast was called. But now, wait. It's called, I literally forgot. Different Minds. Different Minds. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I literally forgot. Okay, let's try that again. It's called Different, Different minds. minds. Y'all bear with us. This is our first time ever doing a podcast. And this first episode may be really bad. It is. It's already bad. It's already bad. <laughs> But just but it's fine. Stick with us. We're gonna figure it out. And uh, our husbands Ross and John are outside drinking. Well, today it's margaritas because it's National Margarita Day. But usually it's bourbon, and we call them the Bourbon Brothers. Yeah. So they're making their own podcast. Yes. Not recording it, but absolutely. Okay. So that's where we're at. Um, and what I was gonna say was that in the past five episodes, I feel like all I just talk about is how busy I am, how tired I am. And how frustrated I am that I'm busy and tired. And I'm just so sick of that narrative for myself. And what I'm, do you think? Can you take yourself out of it? Yes. And I think logically I know it's just my... It's it's not even a pattern. It's just my default setting is I love to... I love people. I love to be active. I, I hate being bored. My biggest fear is being bored and lonely. 
So where does that stem from? I don't know. I feel like I've talked about it on other episodes. I don't want to repeat myself, but I think I just well, you were homeschooled, (laughs) and right. So you didn't have you didn't grow up with tons of friends. True. Do you think it's because you felt like you missed out that whole time, and now you're like, wow, yes, definitely. Could it be that I was homeschooled? But don't judge me, everyone. Um, okay, okay. I have to go people in here. People have stigmas about Why do you have shame? I think homeschooling is the most admirable thing. Homeschooling itself, like, I, I admire more than public school and oh, private yeah. school. So I think homeschoolers just, are so smart. My mom sacrificed so much of her time to homeschool us. I There's so many great things about homeschooling. Nothing against homeschooling. I feel like when people meet homeschoolers, they think of floor-length denim skirts. Oh, my gosh. Not at all. Little... Dude. Not at Yamaka, all. Not Yamaka's little Amish buns. I have such a different perspective on homeschooling then. Okay. Because most people I are like, see you as- don't look like a homeschooler or something. They have this picture of a homeschooler. I don't know. Not That's a whole other topic. But- all. Like, I, like, kind of praise and weirdly idolize homeschool people who have been homeschooled. Are you going to homeschool your We've thought, daughter? we honestly are talking about it right now. Like, we don't, we don't know yet, but that's something that we've... There's lots of great things about talked it. about, but it's a huge sacrifice to do it. I don't know if that's something that I'm called to do. If anything, Ross and I would like start our own mini school or oh, something. Cool. I don't know. Yeah, I, that, I don't. Honestly, I don't really know. That's super cool. But I do know that people who are homeschooled are a little bit more ahead. Mm. So that that's at least has been my perspective. Yeah. So well, no shame. There's lots of great things about it. So I was homeschooled. For my entire life, except for one year of public school, I went to public school for my senior year, um, which I loved. I hear John whistling. Um, And I definitely was extremely lonely and craving people and just wishing, like, wishing for the normal school experience. And so then when I graduated from high school, I went to college. Ever since then, I've just been people, people, people all the time. Um, And so I think that's just, I've trained myself from such not a young age, but, you know, since college basically to operate that way. And I think it's really, really hard for me to break that pattern now. And I love the people in my life, but I never look at an opportunity and say, maybe I should stay in tonight and take care of myself instead of saying yes to this. I never think like that. I'm like, oh, great. I have a space. I'll fill it, you know, and that's, that's the way that I do it. And I think that's not the way, not the way that I want to operate in my life because when I'm not doing that, I'm way more at peace or less stressed out yeah definitely what's your default mode my default is to not be socializing usually yeah wait are you an introvert (laughs) i am 50 percent introvert introvert 50 percent extrovert would you say you're an extroverted introvert or an introvert. Yes, I am. Okay. I'm an extroverted introvert. Yes, absolutely. That makes sense. Absolutely. I used to be full-blown extrovert. But yeah. since leaving my childhood, I have learned that I'm an introvert yeah. more than I ever thought I was. But I wasn't really allowed to be an introvert in my like they just wouldn't leave you alone. They're so my, loud. Yeah. My dad definitely... I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, like, one of my parents 
always sort of wanted to do something and play something with me or wanted to know what I was doing and like a lot or like I needed to work or do chores. And when I just wanted to be left the heck alone to my own time, like it wasn't really allowed or granted, not out of strictness or it was just like my dad, my dad like loves me and wants to hang out and do all these things. And that's like the way he shows love and sometimes I did want to like play volleyball with him but other times like I just I didn't want to be outside helping in the garden like sometimes I just wanted to be alone like I wanted to read I wanted to be in my room um and I didn't and I always sort of felt shameful if I was quiet or because my sister is very outgoing and so my dad and sister kind of related a lot and were similar and there were a lot of times in my childhood that I kind of just felt like an outsider to them um, and I think it's really because I, I really am an introvert and yeah. I didn't know that because I thought it wasn't allowed until I left and was in college. And I spent a lot of time partying with my friends. It, either I was partying with my friends or I was completely alone for long periods of time. Yeah. And so now I'm definitely an outgoing introvert, I would say, probably. Do you think that alone time fills you up or people fill you up? Like, how do you alone time fills me up? What do you usually do in your alone time? I'll read. I'll take a bath. Baths are the best. Yeah. Um, alone time has been harder being married mm-hmm. than not. Like before I was married, it was I, I, I would fill up so much more. Um, but I think it's because I'm like anticipating Ross to call me or anticipating him to come home. So it's a little bit harder to be completely off. Even though, like, I want to be and should be more. But I also, like, in the mornings, I like to read my Bible and pray. And that's just, like, grounds me for the day. And I think that fills me up to talk to people. But whenever I skip over that in the mornings, I'm usually pretty shitty to people. (laughs) Like, I have, like, pretty bad engagements with people. Or I'm drained and empty. And I'm just like, I want this day to end. Yeah. What about you? How do you fill up on your alone time? I feel like I don't think about it enough, and that's why that's why I asked you because I was looking for tips. Because <laughs> <Do you> <laughs> I just don't yeah. take time by myself usually. Okay, you so don't. I've okay. lived with the girlfriends when I was single, and then when me and John got married, we've lived in tiny homes for our whole marriage. Um, when we first got married, we lived in a three hundred and twenty square foot apartment, and that's small. It's tiny. That's tiny. Very tiny. So we were like together all the time but it was so fun i it's like so fun that's the thing yeah yeah and it was really good for our first year of marriage too for bonding and stuff and then we lived in an rv which was 200 200 square feet um we did like a four-month road trip and then we moved to charleston and we lived right right now we live in a little cottage and it's it's bigger it's definitely the biggest place we've ever lived but it's like 700 square feet um, still small but bigger than what you're used yes. to right so yeah. we can at least like go into a different room now and right. without seeing the other person across the room mm-hmm. um but i think alone time is just something that i i'm really bad at taking even if john's like hey like you should go take some alone time go relax I'm like i don't know how to do that like what do you mean go like go sit on my phone in a different room like no i'd rather hang out with you so i think but i know that if i actually do something that I, we talked about this in the de-stress episode i guess a little bit yeah. um but i think I have to force myself to do it because 
I have to figure out my emotions for one. I'm terrible at naming emotions. I just know I feel weird or anxious. That's why we do the feelings wheel. Guys. Yes. Yes. It's a practice for both of us. Anxiety is usually my number one feeling. Mm-hmm. Like today I was like at work and I, I knew I was really stressed, but I also was just like, I felt so anxious, but I was like, I have no reason to feel anxious. We are in a team building exercise right now. Everyone's great. Like I, it's really sunny outside. It's nice. I don't know why I have like this anxiety i don't know why and i think it's just because i there's so much going on right now we're renovating this house we're about to move in a week and ordering all this furniture and we're also making a documentary at work and we're doing this amazing podcast and and we're planning a trip to dallas now so there's just all these things and i think i'm just operating in go mode of keeping things moving but my body's like um hold on yeah about me (laughs) yeah but I think, I don't know, but it doesn't register because I'm getting enough sleep. You know, I'm not like killing myself staying up till 2 a.m. or anything like that. So it's, it almost feels unjustified. Like, why am I anxious? But I think I don't realize how far, well, we don't realize how far we're pushing ourselves when we're in these modes of operating. Just get it done, get it done. And then our bodies start to resist it almost and say, hey, I'm anxious because I'm, you're taking on too much. And that's the point that I never actually stop and fix it. I just keep going until something falls apart and it's like, oh crap, I, this yeah. project's not doing, or whatever. I, I just drop the ball and then I have to deal with it then. So I think I, alone time is so yeah. good. And I think. It sounds like you want to consolidate your priorities or prioritize more get rid of certain things in your life to make room for yourself for time. I don't even know if I would want to because I think about my life. Like I've been in seasons of life where I've been so bored. I would show up to work until I went home and then I'd be home just like, okay, like my purpose is now to cook dinner. I just didn't feel like. (laughs) Yeah, I've been there. My brain was engaged with my life. It was like I was just going through the motions. And now I feel like I'm in a season where I love Charleston. I love where I live. Also, side note, we live in Charleston. <laughs> You're just going to find stuff out about us yeah. as we go. Yeah, that's... Yes. Um, and yeah, I love where I live. I love my job. I love all of these side projects we're doing. There's just so... I like what we're doing and right. I love the people we're meeting. I think that's the hard part is I wouldn't cut any of... Like, I can't pick anything to cut. I Yeah. And I know I need yeah. to, but it's just... Well, maybe you don't cut anything and you limit certain things that are on the bottom of the priority list. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. How do you prioritize? I actually have like a list in my mind. Like I really? actually have like, yes. Like a pyramid where it drops I, off. I genuinely do. So yeah. what's at the bottom usually? So let's see in my life right now, I have like marriage is always first. Yeah. Um, that's a first priority. It should be if you're in a relationship, that should be everybody's first priority. Also, Jesus. Yes, of course. Of course. God is the umbrella and I'm naming the stripes and the colors, of course. I had to say it. (laughs) But yeah, absolutely. Um, So like components. So I look at like marriage, my spiritual life, which you just said, like I that has to be first for sure. Like, like I said in the mornings, I need to give that, I need to have that time or my marriage sucks, mm-hmm. you know, or my friendships go down. I'm annoying my family, you know, all of those things. So definitely 
spending time reflecting and in, in giving God like my heart and my anxieties is priority for sure. I need yeah. to do that. And then so my spiritual life, my okay, I'm backing up. This is this is what my priorities are right now. Yeah. Is Ross, my spiritual life, of course, this podcast, my baby and planning for her who's coming in three months. And what that means to me is talking to her sometimes, feeling her when she kicks, setting up the nursery, which isn't even that hard. But it's Um, still... But making sure, listening to to a podcast with about pregnancy, like engaging with my pregnancy in some manner, at least for 10 minutes or whatever during the day. Like that is important. Um, And then, of course, work, Second State and my book. Like those are my priorities. The things on the outside fall to the outside. If I have an open day, I will call my dad. If I have an open day, I will go see my mom at her house and have lunch with her. Yeah. But, like, this sounds bad. My family is not my number one priority anymore. Um, I I try to see my family as people that I want to give time to when I feel filled up. And if I'm not, I I don't talk to them because I I can't. Because either I, like, start a fight (laughs) because that's how I function or I get really annoyed, or I just go to negative 10 in my mm-hmm. gas can. My, yep. And so that's sort of how I see it. And then, of course, socializing and friends are in there as well. Um, but I don't like to – I have I used to do socializations out of obligation, and I have changed, and I don't do those anymore. Like, I, yeah. if I ask to hang out with somebody, I want to do it. Yeah. If somebody asks for me to hang out, and I don't want to, I will probably say no or next week or something, depending on what state I'm at. But I realize, like, I don't hang out with people out of obligation anymore. Like, it's rare if I do it. Um, but that's something that I've had to, like, work a muscle to do in yeah. order to, to do it. Yeah. That's, so. It's very healthy of you. I, yeah. I wouldn't say that mine's obligation either. I'm not saying that you were saying that mine was mm-hmm. obligation. <laughs> But I'm trying to put a word to it. But I had this realization once that I, so I had this picture of like now me and future me. And in the moment, I'm never thinking about future me. I'm just like, just thinking of, oh, I want to do all these things. I'll let future me deal with it. And so then future me has to deal with it. And that's the version of me. It's like, I have two versions of me all the time. Like, future me is dealing with the crap that now me booked for myself interesting and so then like i get all that done and i like finally get it done and then i forget how stressed i was and then i do it all over again so it's just like okay now i'm just booking stuff for the future like i and then and then that week comes and then i actually have to do all of it and i'm stressed (laughs) and i'm tired yeah or and i look at my calendar and it's just oh that hasn't happened yet like this huge documentary we're doing for work We've known about it, but just none of the shoot dates have hit. And now the shoot dates are hitting and we have so much work to do. Like we're, we're going to be shooting nonstop for two weeks, which is fine. We're going to get it done, but it's just so easy to exist in the, oh, that's in the future, you know? And, and, and then I get it addicted. approaches. Yes. And then, and there's nothing you can do about it, but just get through it and just say, okay, I'm going to buckle down. And, and most of the time, everything I 
book for myself or everything I schedule hits at the same time. You are very much in the, like, I would be extremely stressed out in the, if I were in your shoes right now, just because of the anticipation yeah. of moving. Like, moving is a really moving and like stressful not owning thing. any of the belongings that were, okay, so to, also to back up, we, so John and I lived in Boone, North Carolina. We moved to Charleston like five months ago. And that's crazy. I feel like I've known you for like I don't a know year. if that's... I'm so bad with time. We moved in August. Yeah. August, September, October, November, December, like seven January. months. Yeah, six yeah. months. Um, and we... So we lived in this tiny home in Boone and we kept all of our stuff there because we're we're just like keeping it to go back to if we... Because we love Boone still. We have a lot of friends there. So that's all. Our, all of our stuff is there. So we moved to Charleston. We had no stuff. We, we brought our RV, but our RV, you know, had our clothes and our pots and pans. So we brought our clothes and our pots and pans to our house. They also have a sailboat, an <laughs> RV and a sailboat. It's so that sick. That was John's before we got married. I <laughs> inherited so cool. the sailboat. He lived on it. That was his little house. Um, but now that we are moving into a real house, we've been renovating it. We we have to literally furnish it. So we have to think about, oh, we need forks. We need, we have forks, but there are RV forks and they're, you know temporary forks so now we need real forks and real it's all these adult things it's just like, like the littlest things yeah like, they build oh, up need they totally build so up. many things so with all of that what is, do you think is something that can be put on the back burner for time i need to put social life on the back burner right now um because we have gym we have work we have moving and we have some travel we're going to dallas next weekend oh fun yeah wait what was on the bottom of your pyramid my baby's moving low. <gasps> they yeah. say, like, if it's, like, little, if I feel this, that's her hands or her feet. Aww. If there's, like, a hard lump, that's her bum or her head. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Anyways, I didn't well, mean speaking to interrupt of, you. <laughs> no, I think I was done with my thought. But speaking of babies, are yeah, are you feeling like now you're in your third trimester, you're going to have a baby in May? Mm-hmm. It's February, right? Almost March. So yeah. So you're pretty close I to have three more baby. months. Do you find yourself trying to, like, think ahead to your life with a with a baby and how you're going to kind of structure your life that way? Or, I don't know, with a child, yeah. I guess that looks totally different. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was way more overwhelmed in my first trimester. Like, my first trimester was hell. I hated it. It was <laughs> awful. Oh, my gosh. Because you were sick all the time, right? Well, it was... That, but it also just brings up lots of wounds oh, that yeah. you have to face. Like emotionally difficult. Emotionally yeah. difficult for me. Very mentally difficult. Second trimester, I felt like I was a freaking superwoman. So <laughs> it was were. night and day. Um, and then now I would say last week, once I hit that, oh, I'm in the third trimester, I got a little bit overwhelmed. But now that I'm feeling her and seeing her move and realizing that there's really not like a baby really doesn't need that much so true and for some reason i society has placed in my brain that like this baby needs so many different things and i just declared like a few weeks ago ross and i were like we're gonna be minimalists with her like she doesn't need tons of things she doesn't need tons of nice things either like she just needs to be nourished and fed and loved and that's the priority and so I think I remember talking to one of my friends who is a mom I cried her cried to her a lot my first trimester because I didn't know what the hell was going on (laughs) and she I asked her I said is nine months enough time 
to get ready for this? And she says, absolutely. You adjust. I'll never forget. She's like, she's like you'll adjust. Yeah. And I f- that is true. Yeah. Uh, you know, six months later, I'm like, I've adjusted. I'm ready. Like, I'm I'm ready to have this baby girl. Like, I feel like God has changed so much of me Yeah. through hormones, like his design of hormones and through my brain has changed just so much internally has changed within me during this pregnancy that I just feel like I've adjusted. Yeah. And that's cool. I'm ready and like excited and happy and like feel like, oh yeah, this is, it's so weird because I would have been like, I cannot believe I'm pregnant. There's no way I can do this. Yeah. That was my mentality five months ago. And now I'm like, oh no, I'm totally ready for this. Like this is going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I can, because I met you when you were in your first trimester. You just, you yeah. much just found out, and you were. I mean, yeah, yes, I was. I think I was fine, in a denial stage when yeah. I met you. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, you talked a little bit about it, and I could just tell by the way you talked about it. You didn't say anything like bad or anything, but I could just tell by the way you talked about it that you feel so much better now. You're excited and you're ready, and yeah, yeah, That's yeah. So cool that. Nine so months is enough time. Yeah. So much happens in nine months. Yeah. So much. And I guess that's what, like, the design of procreation is, too, of, like, and I am starting to realize that, like, already. Yeah. Um. So I'm definitely really grateful for that. That's so cool. But I think also talking about busyness, I'm limiting my busyness, too, right now, because... I am going to have a baby in three months and these are the last three months that Ross and I will have alone. And this mm-hmm. is the last time I will be able to take time really alone for years. Yeah. And so I also want to cherish that and, and know that it's okay to take that alone yes. time and to be, yeah, to, to relax really. Um, yeah. And then, like I said, but I need friends and I, I, I do get filled up from friends. And so being able to, do that out of desire too. Mm -hmm. So, but sometimes busyness like last week when you don't have a choice, like sometimes you just got to do it. You got to put the, your foot in front of the other. To the middle. Right. And maybe that's the season you're in. Yeah. Kind of. It's all unavoidable. I think so. Yeah. But I think what I really need to do and be intentional with is having that quiet time that you mentioned, because I, I can get, you know, just in a routine, roll out of bed, get in my clothes, get in the car. I, something I do every single morning that was blast worship music. It always helps. Even if I, it's not, you know, it's the lazy quiet time, but it does shift my perspective. I make myself sing the words too. So I'm saying those words over myself as I start my day. Uh, and that always makes it better. But I think having that quiet time yeah, with the Lord just before I actually start doing anything else. Yeah. will make a huge difference. I'm just, I mean, not consistent enough. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to keep consistency. Yeah. I, I have, it's, it's easier for me because I'm privileged in having that time. You know, I don't have a job that I need to be clocked in at a certain time. Yeah. You know, I work for myself. So that means, and I work for second stage. So that means, you know, like if I don't want to be on the ground doing deliveries until 930, I can do that. Some people don't have that privilege. So what I'm saying is like yeah. sometimes it's just 
you got to grind. Um, but maybe on the weekends or in the evenings, sometimes I know some people really like reading the word in the evenings. Too. Yes. All right, so as we wrap up this first episode of ours, we just want to touch on one more thing here. And so essentially how this podcast was birthed was through this unintentional meeting that Aaron and I had at Hotel Emmeline. We had met a few times before this meeting, but we had met because she needed somebody to read her manuscript. And I was like, manuscript is very generous. It is a very long word document. And Kelly read it's the a thing. manuscript. <laughs> you have a good story. I can't wait to read it whenever it comes out. Don't add that to your list. <laughs> 2030. <laughs> Don't add that to um, Or do. But <laughs> so we had met and I had been having a hard time with my pregnancy. She had sort of known that. And then we decided as we were sitting there. I got my food. She was super like, why can't I remember? I remember being like, let's stand in line because <laughs> I'm hungry and I need food. You were already in line. I was like, or let's I was, get out of line. And you're like, that's too, you're the line's like, that's too long. Too long. <laughs> because you had to tell me something. I was so worked up. I was so nervous and excited to tell you. I also hadn't told anybody else. Yeah. So, Aaron, do you want to kind of take this away? So basically, after I had met Kelly, we'd met like three times and she told me that she was pregnant and struggling, not struggling. I always say that. I met Kelly and I, she... No, I was struggling. Okay. You can say that. Okay. You were struggling. <laughs> I, w- I went to a counselor. Okay. So I was so she was struggling. struggling. <laughs> She's clearly doing great now. Um, and so she'd been talking to me about it. And then, then I found out I was pregnant and I also was not prepared, was not expecting it, was also struggling we hadn't told anybody yet. Um, actually, we told our friends and fa- or no, we told you our told family only at Christmas. Um, and so then I, for some reason, was like, I'm going to tell Kelly we just met, but we're in the same stage of life now. Like, I, I feel like we're on the same page with this. And so I I, <laughs> I told her. I cried. Yes. And, and screamed. And I it was- screamed and cried and then got up from my <laughs> seat and hugged her really hard. <laughs> it was the best. But then we, I booked my nine-week ultrasound, and we went in, and they said, oh, you're only three weeks along, which doesn't make any sense, because none of, that date is physically impossible. So all they said was, come back in two weeks, and we'll, when you're, you're just not far enough along, so come back in two weeks, and we can tell you when you're, like, you have to at least be six weeks or five weeks along in order for us to do an ultrasound. So it was very confusing, very frustrating, and Kelly answered all my questions and called me when I was struggling with all of that, trying to figure out what was going on. But, so more on that in the next episode. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. So I think that wraps up episode one. Forgive us if it didn't make sense. (laughs) The other episodes are better. Yeah, keep listening. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. (laughs)